0: wild As Fern ganya's all-star wrestling, goes coast to coast and continent to continent. The greatest wrestlers in the world. He may be an apprentice carpenter, but I guarantee you he is a seasoned ring veteran. I've been hit with bar
1: stools, bar rags, bar maids. I'm talking to you. They're scared that Hulkamania is still running wild. Oh, yeah. I got a big fat wife and nine kids at home, and I got to feed them. Take a look at Jesse, the body in real life. Open your hand once if you would. You all see it? <laughs>
0: This is absolutely unbelievable. Totally, completely out of control. He's coming in over the top. Hey, look out!
2: Welcome in to AWA Unleashed. We are the preeminent number one podcast dedicated to telling the stories and reliving the memories. Of the American Wrestling Association. My name is Chris Tubbs. Welcome to episode one zero one. And guys, you don't look too worse for the wear after Marty Janetti pretty much ran us ragged last week. Whoo, boy! But uh, we're we're back at it this week. You you guys feeling okay?
0: I'm finally catching my breath. That was uh, that was a hell of a ride last week. That
1: was a party flashback <laughs> uh, getting a sense of a bit of a hangover from just dealing with Marty Jannetty. Yeah. but uh, yeah um, you know we warned people not warned. We informed people prior yes. to it what was going to be and I part of me wants to say that uh, just putting Marty Jannetty on the title is a disclaimer in itself. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You know, I, I, only had, I only had to remove two stories. So I felt like that was, a, I felt like that was a win.
0: That's not,
2: that's we, we've got the cutting room floor and you guys know what I mean. We've got the cutting room floor. That's not even an after dark. I mean, that might be an after dark, but Oh my gosh. Well,
1: oh, it, it'll, it'll be an after dark. We'll have to, uh, We'll have to show that in one of our uh, online chats with our new subscribers.
2: That's a great tease, Joe, because before we get into episode 101, we've got a couple of brand new things that we want to bring to your guys' attention. Number one, Joe mentioned our membership and our membership tiers. And I'm going to bring up the graphic, guys. Hopefully the graphic uh, looks okay uh, but we have a brand new, I don't know if it's going to be that big. Let's, uh, try that. No, it's not big. Uh,
0: that's the sky low, low version. Yeah. No yeah. yeah.
2: Let me, uh... is, that up? is that what I sent to you, Chris? Yeah. That's what you sent to me. Let maybe there's no, me... yeah, that's what you, that's what you
1: sent in the, uh, in the chat. In the chat or the, well, get the link from the Dropbox. I did have
2: the link from the Dropbox. It wasn't in the Dropbox. You sent it to me in the chat.
1: Uh, oh, I sent you the link in the chat, if that makes sense. but Well, here. I just downloaded it. Well, yeah, send it to me again. Two minutes remaining, two minutes. <laughs> On
2: air. So are you sending it to me via I'll, chat? Here I'll, or? I'll text it to you. Okay, text it to me. Well, and then I have to forward it to my email so I can download it onto uh, my then computer. Then I will
1: and, email it to you. Email it to me. Boy. <laughs> On-air production.
0: last week. And, and, uh... <laughs>
2: wow. Anyway, we, we've got a good... Mick, why don't you, while I'm grabbing it, why don't you kind of tell people, you, you guys can uh, talk amongst yourselves, and I will grab the graphic, and we will kind of explain it. But Joe, had a very, Joe had a good transition. Now I will go into my email and I will grab the graphic.
0: I guarantee you, we were, we're we're talking amongst ourselves after this open. Um, but at any rate, we've we've got a uh, we got a good show coming up once we uh, talk about the membership, et cetera. Uh, Going to be taking a look at what has been a colorful part of professional wrestling history: uh, the Masked Men in pro wrestling over the years, and uh, of course our focus will be on the AWA. Uh, There were more masked men in the AWA than you think there were, Uh, so we'll be talking about them a little bit, their history, and uh, who succeeded, who didn't, Uh, some surprises, uh, you know, kind of comparing the old days of the masked wrestler to, can't even say the modern day masked wrestler because there's not a lot of them around anymore, but... But we'll talk about that. And uh, in the meantime, Joe, as I'm trying to kill time here, um, <laughs> as I'm trying to stretch, uh, the, you know, I, I went back to that show open that you did, as I always do. And I, I pay close attention to it. And I don't think there'd be anybody that would be more of an expert on the bar scene than you. And when Crusher mentions... Yeah, don't, don't, don't drop your head. When, when Crusher mentions getting hit over the head. I can understand, you know, we talked about it, bar stools, uh, barmaids. What does it feel like, Joe, to get slapped across the face with a bar rag? Uh, I have not had that happen, and I, I'm guessing that you probably have whiplash because it happened to you as often as it did at the Croatian Hall.
1: One word. Well, actually, two things. First of all, I've never been to the Crow. I've only heard rumors of the place. Uh, as far as what it felt like to get hit by yeah, a bar red. one word, them. wet. I
0: think that describes you to a T, actually. Um, you know, <laughs> it, Next to the word wet in the dictionary <laughs> yeah. is Joe Chupik's picture. I don't even and, know what. I, uh, I, I, and I nipple.
1: Even, nipple as well. I believe you been there twice. A wet, uh, wet nipple. All right, well, we've killed it. <laughs> over. <laughs> it's over.
2: Well, see, now I feel like we need a new graphic because we need the body slam, the pinfall, and I feel like we need a wet nipple level.
1: The wet nipple collection will feature... I don't even want to ask what it will feature.
2: <laughs> but here are the YouTube subscriptions, guys. And thank you, Mick, for, uh, for killing time. Very professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> excuse me uh we've got the the body slam level which is two ninety nine dollars a month it's brand new let's see right there you get access to the podcast a day early so the minute you sign up you will get that week's uh when i make it when i post it i will make it available to members only before it goes public you get access to exclusive monthly video watch-alongs think of uh mystery science theater 3000 if you guys know about that we will do that once a month and then you're going to get a personalized letter with a, uh, with an unleashed sticker. It seems kind of lame, but here's the thing. I, I don't, I can't send anything bigger because I'm afraid that I would do something that would break. I would put something in there uh, that would be, you know, breakable. So I don't want to do that for the pinfall level. You get access a day early you get our uh, watch along with updated commentary. You get a monthly live chat. So it's think of an after basically anything that you want. If you want to know the Marty Janetti stories that were not able to be told on the podcast, we can tell you about those. But that's going to be in our monthly live chat Uh dollars 99 a month. We will let you know when that will be. We'll try and give you plenty of warnings so you can make it and you're going to get a personalized thank you letter. With uh, a magnet and a sticker again, because they're easy to stick in an envelope, and I can't screw that up. So, <laughs> I think uh, we've got that, guys. Um, we've also got our brand new merchandise store, guys. And I know that people have been—they've been asking for more than just the old school uh, AWA Unleashed T-shirt, and and I thank Soda Stick for everything that they did in terms of of giving us the initial uh, t-shirts and the hoodies uh there were people that wanted they wanted a a little bit more a little bit more variety and i feel like now we're able to really we're able to give them more of what they've been asking for for a while guys
0: i think it's going to be just a great 2024 we've got these new innovations and uh you know it's no longer just us sitting behind the microphone doing the talking you're going to be talking with us and uh we appreciate all the input. Really excited about this. Don't go by the first part of the show when the kids were fighting in the playground. Uh, th- <laughs> things are things are going to get better. Believe it or not, they uh, they really will.
1: You could say AWA Unleashed is unleashed.
0: You could. It
2: was. It was unleashed. So here's. I, th- I think this is one of the reasons, guys, why, why people enjoy the show is because. It's real, right? It, it's not like you get some of these shows and everything is just so, it's so perfectly produced. And it's just like everything's got to be just so. And it's like, oh, no, it's got to be perfect. If it's not perfect, then we got to restart. And, and I feel like this is like, this is real. This is stuff that really happens. And we want to be as authentic to people as possible. And I hope you guys can genuinely see that. I know we've been kind of just, you know, killing the first 10 minutes, but I want. Like people like authenticity. And I feel like you're getting genuine us. You're not getting a bit. You're not getting a gimmick. Like I really did not have, I downloaded the image instead of from the link in the drop. But Hey, this stuff happens. It's, it's what it's life is real, right? Life is messy. Life is dirty. Life is complicated. And that's the podcast.
0: Ring the bell, Marty.
1: That's what happens when you go live to tape.
2: That's there you go. There it, you go.
1: while we can fix stuff in post, we typically don't.
2: No, no, I, I don't like to do things post-production because I am lazy. Okay, so today we are gonna talk about the masked men of the AWA. And, and guys, I, I got this idea from talking to our friend Mike Moran, one half of the Texas hangman who again is you know likes to know he puts it over my head that he scared me first time that I went to a wrestling show. So it it just kind of got me thinking too, that there really, when I started watching the AWA, there really wasn't much in the way of mask wrestlers. It kind of went by the wayside. I want to ask you guys, first of all, before we get going here, it used to be a big deal. And I mean, it used to be like, okay, this is, so much intrigue and mystery around these what happened to the masked wrestlers is it the advent of the internet all this information is available why is it not a thing like it used to be
0: well i think he answered your own question chris because yeah i mean the the internet plays a huge part in in why there's no masked men around anymore to speak of, uh, just as the internet plays a role in the whole way the business has changed. Um, Back in the day, and I know we're kind of jumping all over the place here, we got our bullet points, but uh, good, good way to start. Back in the day, if a masked wrestler came into a territory, number one, as you said, it popped the intrigue. Uh, he would come in and oftentimes, more times than not, it was a heel mask man that would come into a territory. And the reason that he would give for wearing a mask, and there's an early shot, and I mean early. This arguably is one of the first mask wrestlers, and no, I didn't call his match, by the way, uh, going back about a hundred years or better, and that is the masked marvel. If you can imagine that, boy, how how unique and and uh, that is that's a masked marvel. He looks like he could work an indie show uh, these days, or or perhaps you know win the twenty four seven championship or something like that. But what I started to say, what when, when a masked wrestler would enter a territory, he would often go on television and explain. I had to put this mask on because I have a reputation around the country. If I wanted to get booked here, if I wanted to get matches, I had to hide my identity because I'm so damn good and my reputation precedes me. Nobody would sign the contract to get into the ring and wrestle me. Well, forget the fact that maybe the wrestlers, you know, if they saw a tape of this guy, you know, the fact that you put a hood over his head, they're not going to be able to recognize, you know, some guy who they've watched for the last 20 years. But that was kind of the excuse. This was how they would go about bringing a guy into the territory. And I mentioned most of them were heels because there was the caveat and it, it, it became less and less a caveat over the years. If a masked man would lose a match, a lot of times it was if he lost two falls, uh, two pinfalls or submission out of three or a one-fall match, but it had to be by, by pinfall or submission, not count out, not disqualification, he would take the mask off. And a lot of the guys would come in, they'd sign contracts to stay in a territory for about a year or better, a uh, couple of years at a time. Looking down the road, they knew when the eventual mask time was coming off, probably would have come off sooner if if, uh, if, if the houses weren't good. Um, but that's the way it was done. So there was always the, God, is he going to get beat this week? Is, is, is Vern going to do this and that? Is he going to finally take him? And, uh, and that's the way it was, and it was protected. Nobody knew who these masked guys were. The general wrestling populace did not know. Today, in this day and age, they know six months before the guy got to the territory. And that's the difference.
1: Yeah, the internet has certainly changed the whole masked wrestler thing. Although, you know, take a look at AEW with uh, the recent angle with the devil. I didn't see a whole bunch of exposure, you know, as far as who that was online, so I think aew covered that, if you will, covered their asses with who that was. um at least I didn't see it if if it's out there, I don't know. but yeah, it was it was the full body suit so I mean, you couldn't see you couldn't
2: see hand you couldn't see any skin like everything was covered from from head to toe in that yeah,
1: which is what they need to do, including yes. the 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 henchmen or the guys that covered it all in black that came out at the end of the ring. but it is different you you would not be able to do a 6 month or year long run nowadays because the internet is like uh Gladys Kravitz from the old Bewitched TV series has to know everything about their neighbor and snoops and and shit like that so I, yeah keep in keep Having somebody be masked, you can do it. It ain't going to be for very long before somebody mm-hmm. blows their cover, if you will. And sadly, that is the case. So, parts unknown. Tell
2: me about parts unknown because. It's just I've, north of somewhere. I've never been able
0: to find it on a map. If you look on a map, it's at the intersection of K Fabe and Broadway. Uh, if you take a right, <laughs> You go down to Gig Avenue and Juice Boulevard. Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of in there, yeah. What? And again, boy, y- you talk about stretching the boundaries of disbelief. When a masked guy would come into a territory, he was built from parts unknown, typically weight unknown. So, and and some of the promoters, of course, Wally Carbo, God bless him, uh, who would bring these guys into the into the territory. For some reason Wally didn't know who they were when they when they uh when he signed the check or when Vern signed the check, uh, he would make it out to mask men, uh, parts unknown. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, and quite obviously, when the guy went into the bank to cash the check, more than likely he got arrested because number one, he's going in there with a mask, number two, so don't you have to show some ideal? Have a you, you have, have to show have some, some driver's
2: idea. license? With yeah, a mask so what do you
0: show him a, a blank index card? You know, it it just it just didn't uh, just didn't work. But, yeah, parts unknown, weight unknown. And then uh, all of a sudden, boom, you know, he he's revealed as one of the great collegiate wrestlers of all time, but nobody could figure it out for the first two years. So welcome to the world of wrestling. But you know, again, it's wrestling, period.
1: but, but I mean, how did the promoters explain that? we're letting this guy come in now again this is going back to kayfabe era where it was still presented as a sport mm, right. you had a doctor ringside the boxing and wrestling committee you know so that that whole presentation so i mean how did wally explain to the audience hey we're going to let this guy wrestle have no idea who the hell he is don't know that he is from parts unknown don't know if he weighs 271 pounds or 217 pounds. Thank you, <laughs> buddy, Rose. So how, I, <laughs> You know, not only just Wally, but I guess all of the promoters. What was their justification or was it just, hey, it's wrestling. We can do whatever the hell we want to.
0: Short answer is they never gave a justification. They never explained it. Uh, they never... The promoter never came out on TV and said, unless you take that mask off right now, there's not a chance in hell I'm going to let you wrestle here. I mean, you know, you could be a, a sexual predator. You could be a convicted murderer. I don't know. Take the mask off and I'll let you wrestle. No, <laughs> it was never addressed that way. And, you know, I'm thinking back to probably the most famous AWA uh, incident in history when Dick Buyer, Dr. X, and we'll talk more about him a little bit later on. When he came into the territory, he sat in the audience on television for a number of weeks, and the camera would pan over to the mask man. Uh, you know, and again, you get a mask man at, at a live TV taping. No threat there. Just let this guy sit there with a mask on. You know, the cops look the other way. Um, but and, and then, of course, Dr. X, his grand debut, he attacks Vern Gagne on television, the world's heavyweight champion, and rather than book this guy and throw him in jail for assault for attacking Vern Gagne, and this was a this was a, an angle repeated all over the country in, in various incarnations, they, they signed him to a contract. And, you know, all of a sudden he was the masked man and then he was Dr. X and, and everything else. They didn't know who the guy was. But it was just, again, that suspension of disbelief and I, to, to your point, Joe, how they explained a guy coming into the territory. The guy said, I can't get a match. Nobody will book me if they knew who I was. And the promoter said, okay, I'll book you. <laughs> um, so um, very, very
2: strange.
1: So uh, how, i oh, sorry, Joe, go ahead. No, I was just going to say you brought up Dr. X and he was, I, I was like, you know, four, five, six years old when that whole angle happened, Mick. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Just, you know, there are some that are listening that, hey, that's not the fact. Oh, but man. Dr. X used the figure four leg lock as his finishing hold, correct? He did. And when you're talking about Dr. X and that whole angle, the extra special reason why I remember it is I've got an older brother who's uh, – Jack is eight years older than me, and um, he liked to practice the figure four leg lock on a five-year-old me, and he would have been 13 at the time. So I have some fond and painful (laughs) memories of Dr. X, but I digress. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry for jumping in on your question.
2: No, 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 no. I, I, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, how they came in. And before we get to some of them, because you mentioned some of the second tier ones, Mick, how about the stipulation to on mask? Like, were there particular, was there one particular angle that they would use that you had to unmask, or I mean, how did how did that all come about?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, like I the mean, end of a story. Yeah, in some cases, that was not a stipulation. They came in with the mask, and and it was going to be that way, and and uh, there was no stipulation as to whether or not they would take it off if they got beat. Um, Typically, again, I know in the case of uh, Dr. X, it was, you beat me two falls out of three, uh, pinfall or submission, and I will take my mask off. So, and uh, almost every time, Dr. X would at least lose one fall. And a lot of times he would lose the first fall, maybe by pinfall or submission, and then get disqualified in the second fall, and, of course, the people are ranting, and raving, hey, you lost two falls out of three, but, ah-ah, uh-uh, no, no, no. The second fall was by disqualification. He would deliberately get disqualified, maybe punch the referee if he was at Vern Gagne's sleeper hold, and, you know, his, his identity was about to be revealed. So the masked man was usually a chicken shit that took the easy way out, but that was typically the stipulation, Chris. You beat me fair and square, two falls out of three, and I will – Tell you
1: who I am is um, the the infamous pulling the mask and it would get over the chin. I mean, that this would be a five minute spot mm-hmm. in the ma- pulling it up, pulling it up. Now, if you did that to me and you saw my nose and chin, <laughs> that'd be a dead giveaway right away. I surprised <laughs> it wasn't that way for slaughter when he was uh, one of the super destroyers.
0: Well, that's interesting, too, when you mention uh, Sarge. Think about the effort that it would take to get the mask even above that chin. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be a, a Superman. you got to be a modern-day Hercules, Cortez, or whoever just to get it. But, again, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, and, again, it's that suspension of disbelief. The mask would come up part way, and maybe it would get caught on the guy's teeth or something <laughs> like that. And they would explain it away, of course. Well, why didn't they just give it one more pull? Because the adrenaline is flowing so hard in that mask man that all the blood is rushing to his head. Seriously. <laughs> and, and thus, you know, his ears are sticking out. You just could not get that, that piece of cloth over his head.
1: The pulling up of the mask, or should I say the... Um, the extended duration of time that it took mm-hmm. reminds me of ladder matches when they're trying to climb up to get that suitcase or that championship belt. Um, I, seriously, I, I, I could climb up the ladder faster carrying you on my back, Karch. Wait well, a minute. I'm wait not a not.
0: minute. Now you're portion. Now your portion. Not your portion <laughs> Joe, it's not only that, it's when a a guy's outside the ring and he's waiting for a wrestler to, uh, you know, the guy's going to leap over the top rope on the guy. He looks back and forth to where the ropes are, first of all, the guy in the ring to make sure that the ropes on the other side of the ring apparently are still there. He doesn't want to bounce off of nothing before he, he leaps over on top of the guy that's standing there with his arms open. Uh, again, the suspension of disbelief. But, yeah, that was, that was a great thing. And there were, there were situations where a guy's mask would come off as part of an angle, not only uh, on television but also, of course, at the matches themselves, where all of a sudden you know, the mask would come off and his manager, whether it was a Bobby Heenan or a Lord Alfred Hayes, was right there with the towel to put it over the guy's head and lead him out of the studio or out of the arena. Or there were times when a guy had another mask on underneath. Didn't happen too often. Don't think that happened in the AWA, but there was always a reason to extend the mask man for another year or two. Always.
1: Mick, let's talk about some of those. Uh, I, I don't want to call them second tier masked men of the AWA, but you know, <laughs> they were masked men in the AWA. Yeah. So let's talk about a few of them. Um, El Roja Cara.
0: Very interesting. That uh, that was Dan Miller. And Dan Miller was the real life brother of Dr. Bill Miller, who was Mr. M in the AWA. And and Dan Miller, a great wrestler had a tremendous career all over the country, everywhere really except the AWA because he came in as the El Rojo Cara gimmick uh, for a very short time to team up with his brother, Bill Miller. And, you know, this was kind of an interesting combination too. They they looked like a stepstool because Bill Miller was about 6'6 and 320 and Danny Miller was about a foot shorter and maybe 100 pounds lighter. But Dan Miller, El Rojo Cara, and the reason that I called him a second-tier guy in the AWA, as far as Masked Men is concerned, is because of the duration. They really didn't make a big deal out of his presence. He was kind of in and out uh, to a hot shot, and angle with uh, with Mr. M, and he was gone.
1: Quick question on that. So you've got Danny Miller with a, uh, a, a, a Mexican or Spanish uh, Hispanic name. Mm-hmm. Um, were... Lucha wrestlers uh, popular back in the day in Mexico, and I say back into the day. Uh, I'm going to refer back to the '60s and '70s because I certainly did not hear about them, and I just say that because of the, the 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 Spanish name being used at this time, and it sounds like a name that could fit right into lucha libre today.
0: You know, I I know it was it was
1: out there. It certainly wasn't as
0: prevalent. You know as it was going into the 70s and the 80s, and then of course with the internet and you know the, the worldwide explosion of wrestling as far as the lucha style is concerned. I don't recall, I, I don't think they ever suggested that Dan Miller under the mask was of Hispanic descent. I think they just gave him the name. Uh, I don't remember him doing an interview on television if he did. Um, it was, it was a blip on the radar, but I think it was just a name that they gave him. I could be wrong. Uh, but you know, I, again, it's uh, to add to the intrigue, let's just throw everybody off here and, you know, make the <laughs> assumption, let them make the assumption that he's Hispanic.
1: Well, so we go from somebody from a, uh, um, a, a white male portraying a uh, Hispanic to somebody who actually filled the role, both under the mask and with a mask off, the super ninja, Shunji Takano. And I got to say a quick side note. He is the only, well, <laughs> he's the one only time I ever drank sake in my life. And <laughs> Shunji Takano.
0: Uh, there he is uh, he came into the awa in the mid and late 1980s and uh, he actually i believe was dating sherry Martell at the time and he was uh he wrestled a few matches but he was also brought in as kind of a bodyguard to look over the shoulder of Larry zabisco And uh, they brought Shunji into the AWA. And again, it was for a cup of coffee. He was in and he was gone. He went back to Japan. I think the relationship with Sherry kind of fell apart there. Um, And what better way, perfect segue, uh, Joe and Chris, what better way to replace a guy from Japan (laughs) when he leaves the, the AWA area in typical AWA style, my God, you want to go to that, that super heavyweight, sumo, Japanese wrestler. What better guy to bring in than Steve Olson? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Steve, God bless him. Uh, he did pretty much everything in the AWA, and he became Ninja Go. And Go he did uh, very quickly. I the AWA, and I felt bad for Steve. I mean, first of all, Shunji Takato, even Super Ninja, really didn't get over that well. They were paying attention to Zabisco. And then Steve, Steve Olsonovsky had to follow what was kind of a lame gimmick anyway. Didn't work in the AWA. But everybody knew. I mean, I was shooting pictures at ringside, and everybody is yelling, Steve Olsonovsky, Steve, when did you move to Tokyo? And blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> so the Polish yeah, ninja, it's Polish ninja, yes, uh, Steve Olsonowski, Ninja Go, he he got up and went, yes.
2: Oh, oh, Ninja Go! How do you come up with the name Ninja Go?
0: Uh, if you're Wally, Did you say Carble, Ninja Go. If you're Wally Carble, um and Vern Gagne, mm-hmm. um you you come up with pretty much anything. I mean, what? shooting. Chupik was around. I mean, he may have, you know, gotten involved in a little bit
1: of that, oh, too. Oh, God, no. Please do not even try to pin that on me. And I got to say, Wally was gone by that point. So we can't put the blame on Wally and his Wally-isms for Ninja Go.
0: So, so it's ver. I don't know who came up with the name. I hate to say that Greg did. Uh, it was another name that was on the fly. And, again, poor Steve Olsenowski. Hmm. Well, you put <laughs> – Steve was a good wrestler. And then yeah. – All of a sudden, uh, he's got a hood on and um, he's a ninja. Ninja. He's a ninja. Uh (laughs) So,
2: go ahead.
1: The more we talk about the late 80s, uh, and this, I mean, this would have been 80, what, 87, I believe, when uh, the whole ninja with Zabisco thing came about. God, there was just a lot of dumpster fires. Lots. Yeah. Ra-
0: raging forest fires, and, yeah. and uh, you know the AWA seemed to be the head arsonist. The
2: very let's go to the very first masked man.
0: Yeah, perfect.
2: Let's start. Let's start at the beginning here because we've had some fun with, you know, kind of the ones that didn't necessarily work. But the AWA at its you know at its genesis, Mister M.
0: Absolutely. And he remains one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And again, you talk about the intrigue and we've mentioned that Mr. M was Dr. Bill Miller, a licensed veterinarian out of Ohio, tremendous amateur wrestler. I mean, he was the real deal. He was a legitimate tough guy and they brought Mr. M. I believe it was 1961. He came into the AWA territory and he was the first really important mask man uh, from back in the day. And he had, I believe his stipulation was more, if you can beat me within 20 minutes or whatever, I'll give you $5,000. I don't recall if he had the unmasking stipulation. He probably did. What was interesting about Bill Miller is that he wrestled in Joe Dusek's Omaha Territory, uh, which, you know, was kind of doing its own thing, you know, fringe element of the AWA, um, as Dr. X, before Dr. X ever came to the AWA, uh, Dick Byer. This one, look at the date on that one. January 9th. And as we are airing this program, uh, that one goes back, 61 years. And in that match, Mr. M got a title shot against Vern Gagne. Like that goes back 62 years. 62 years. 62 years to the day. 62 day. Isn't that something? And and, uh, M won that match. He defeated Vern Gagne, and I should mention that Bill Miller had been here in the AWA or in the Minneapolis Territory prior to that as Bill Miller. He did not wrestle here as Dr. X. He was here as Bill Miller and, of course, came back a couple of years later under the hood, had a great, great run here, wrestled everybody who was anybody in the AWA. Uh, There was Dr. Bill, and I mentioned so many times on this podcast that when he got unmasked against Vern, He's walking back to the locker room from the match and he gets hit over the head with a two by six plank with a steel spike on the end of it from a fan uh, wielding it from the low hanging balcony, went right into the doc's noggin. And uh, I had an opportunity to talk to Dr. Bill in 1974. He came back for a run in the AWA as Bill Miller. uh, And he showed me the scar. He said, I'm a vet by trade. I put my finger into my head and I felt my brain. Oh! Uh, Literally, he got hit that hard. The man takes this two by six, boom, hits him over the head, spike into the head. And uh, the guy got away with it. I think he got out of the building, uh, was never charged or anything else. But a bizarre incident. But Bill Miller, Mr. M, one of my all-time favorites, a great technical wrestler, six foot five, six, six, 300 pounds. And he was the first masked man that meant something in the AWA.
1: I had never heard that story about him. Oh my.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the finish of the match was a uh, Vern, a uh, Vern won the title back. I should say that the, the M won the title in January of 62. Vern wins the title back in August of 62. And uh, the finish was he turned M's mask around and gave him a drop kick and pinned him, I believe. So here's Mr. M. He's wrestled 20, 30 minutes. He's sweaty. He takes a mask off. He's walking back to the locker room and gets clocked with a spike. Mm. Damn. Wow. Yep. They took it seriously.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, you hear about the story. I mean, we've heard the, the Knives and the Bobby Heenan story from Chicago, but never. I, yeah, that- I've, I've never heard that
0: story either. Yep. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, how about the next big masked wrestler in the AWA?
0: Ah, there's nobody like him. And arguably he was the greatest, well, it's tough. He's always mentioned in at least the top two or three of the greatest masked men of all time. And uh, there he is, Dr. X. And we explained how he came into the AWA and attacked Verne in 1967. He also, of course, wrestled from about 1962 till 67, 68 as the sensational intelligent destroyer. Uh, Before he came to the AWA, my guess, and I'm not 100% clear on this, I know that he left in 70. So I'm guessing he probably had a three-year deal That's Dick Beyer, an early picture of Dr. X Dick Beyer. Again, a great amateur wrestler uh, from Syracuse University. Wound up uh, uh, coaching and and getting involved in amateur athletics at Syracuse. But he had been the destroyer, and then he comes to the AWA as Dr. X. My thinking is he knew he was eventually going to be unmasked, however long down the road, and he didn't want the destroyer to be unmasked as Dick Beyer. So he went with Dr. X and what was interesting during his reign here in Chicago. And I believe that again, this is 1967. He wrestles as the, as the destroyer on a Chicago card at the amphitheater for Bob Luce. Two weeks later, he wrestles as Dr. X. They had started his run in the AWA, and I believe he wrestled the Crusher uh, out in Chicago, and nobody knew. Even astute wrestling fans did not know that the guy who was the destroyer here just a couple of weeks ago was, in fact, Dr. X. So uh, they pulled it off, and uh, Dr. X had a tremendous run here in the AWA, uh, unmasked himself. Uh, allegedly to get a match with uh, Bobby Heenan and Black Jack Lanza in St. Paul. No, Nobody could beat the Doc, as he would say, don't knock the Doc. Uh, took off his own mask. He's revealed as Dick Buyer. Took a couple of, uh, about a year or two off, came back in the AWA as a full-fledged baby face. One of, if not the greatest mass wrestler that ever lived, and one hell of a guy.
2: So we go from the Destroyer to a whole line of super destroyers.
0: We do indeed. And this is uh, mid-late 1970s stuff in the AWA. And the original super destroyer. I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of blurry there. I, look at Yeah, this. you are. I, talk about mask, men. Do you need a mask? I, well, yeah, a lot of people would, would say <laughs> that. Um, but we go to mid-70s AWA and Lord Alfred Hayes, uh, brings in a Masked Man, and he is referred to as the Super Destroyer. This is a real interesting story because it's Don Jardine, and there's Lord Al with the original Super Destroyer, Don Jardine. Jardine had wrestled as the spoiler all over the country and had made a tremendous name for himself. I mean, he was, he was major stuff in pro wrestling. Comes into the AWA and Vern, for whatever reason, you know, didn't want to call him the spoiler. Uh, there's Don Jardine on the left. Interesting story about this as well. That's Captain Lou Albano, his manager. The spoiler came into Madison Square Garden in New York and could not wrestle with the mask. The athletic commission in New York would not allow masked wrestlers. So Don <laughs> Jardine came in as the spoiler without the mask out in Madison Square Garden, uh, intriguing stuff. When he comes to the AWA, he's under the management of Lord Alfred Hayes, as I said. Well, Vern and Don Jardine, I have this from a reliable source, did not get along at all. They just did not like each other. And Vern wants Don Jardine to unmask in a match in Milwaukee, and Vern wants to be the guy to unmask him. This isn't all that long into Jardine's tenure here in the AWA. Not only does Vern want to unmask him, he wants to do it on an undercard. Uh, It wasn't even the main event on the card. Well, Don Jardine, no show. He refused to wrestle the match. I don't know if he turned up at the arena or not, but he left the territory. And what was interesting about this, I was always under the impression that when he left, it was such a sudden deal that Vern put out the call to whoever happened to be handy to replace him, which turned out to be, of course, Sergeant Slaughter. Turns out Vern had approached uh, Bob Remus, Sergeant Slaughter, way earlier, like months in advance, because he anticipated there was going to be a problem with Don Jardine and he wanted Bob Remus to be at the ready. So this wasn't a a sudden deal at all. And then all of a sudden, there you go. Now, this is a very interesting article. That's Bob Remus, Sergeant Slaughter, a.k.a. uh, Super Destroyer Mark II, who was managed by Lord Alfred Hayes, a guy by the name of John Sherman, who was a local uh, editorialist writing for the Sun Suburban Newspaper a wrestling column that the AWA put over on TV every week. Well into Super Destroyer Mark's two, Mark II's reign here, he had not been unmasked yet. And John Sherman put this article out. Yes, it's Remus, uh, that's Super Destroyer Mark II, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Bob Remus. John Sherman exposed him in uh, the AWA, had been putting this wrestling column over for several weeks. Uh, it was, they were happy at the fact that somebody was covering wrestling. So they gave Sherman the airtime and all of a sudden, unbeknownst to the AWA, he exposed Bob Remus. So, you know, for whatever the the readership was for the Sun newspapers, those people knew before he was unmasked that it was in fact, Sergeant Slaughter, Bob Remus, that was under the hood, uh, when he came in as super destroyer, Mark II. uh, and again, a great run. Uh, Lord Alfred managed him for a while, he was involved with Bobby Heenan, uh, and the rest is history. When Sarge uh, left the territory, things really picked up for Sergeant Slaughter Bob Reams.
1: Just a little bit.
0: Yeah, just, just a little.
1: Why did Sarge leave at two, and why did we have to go on to three?
0: Three was here at the same time that two was. And then there, of course, there's Sarge getting an award at the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club, the Dapper Sarge. Uh, they, they brought in Super Destroyer Mark III. Now, remember, the original one is gone. Yep. doctor jardine Dean's gone. Now, you've got Mark II. You've got Mark Three teaming up in the AWA. And they're, of course, managed by Lord Alfred Hayes. Uh, that's Super Destroyer Mark III. Eventually, he has a falling out, and he turns babyface and starts a a feud with Super Destroyer Mark II. Stay with me on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, So you've got two and three are still here. Three turns babyface.
2: It's like a bad joke. If Super Destroyer Mark II and Mark III are fighting, and two doesn't like (laughs) three, and one is gone, it's like (laughs) weird algebra. Anyway, there you
0: go. Yeah. And imagine this is for wrestling fans, you know, I mean, it's, you know, talk about your alphabet soup, but at any rate, uh, super destroyer mark three turned out to be Neil Guey, and Neil Guey was a uh, Canadian. He came into the AWA, uh, for that run as super D mark three. And then he, uh, he was unmasked. I don't know that they ever really identified him. When he was unmasked, there he is. Uh, that's Neil Gray. Went on to wrestle as the Hangman uh, out in WWF country back in the day. I've mentioned this before. This is this this never made any sense to me. When he turned babyface, uh, he had a match with Super Destroyer Mark II, and his mask came off somehow. Mark III's mask did, or it was pulled off, or something. So he was revealed, at least his face was, comes time for the main event. and this wasn't the main event match, but comes time for the main event, and he's going to do a run-in. On the same night, same show where he's been previously unmasked, he came back from the locker room to do the run-in. His mask was back on. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not quite sure if he forgot, if he was concussed, if he thought that the wrestling fans might forget that they just saw this guy's face 15 minutes ago. But nonetheless, I always thought it very, very strange that here the guy came back to make the save with his mask on.
1: Interesting can stuff. But you, uh, you know, go ahead. Can Can you imagine if that would have that would happen in today's wrestling? How much the internet would just blow up over that blatant mistake or blatant oh my God. stupidity?
0: Can, can, can you imagine that if it was – and even my dog doesn't like this this whole press. <laughs> can you imagine if Tony Khan were to book that for AEW? Oh. They'd run the guy out of town on a rail yeah. even faster than they are right now. But, yeah, I mean, back in the day, uh, it worked. And, again, you know, when he's unmasked, who's Neil Gway? We don't know who this guy yeah. is. So there you go.
2: How about the, uh, the, the Masked Superstar? I, I don't ever remember him as the Masked Superstar. I remember him as a member of Demolition.
0: Masked Superstar, our friend Bill Eadie, uh, came into the AWA kind of for that proverbial cup of coffee. And this is during the Pro Wrestling USA days. And Joe, you remember him very, very well. When you talk about the greatest Masked Wrestlers of all time, Again, you've got a guy, Bill Eadie, the Masked Superstar, who's right up there in the top three. Arguably, it's Dick Byer, Don Jardine, and Bill Eadie that are mentioned as the greatest uh, American uh, Masked men of all time. Uh, He came in just for a short stint, uh, part of that Pro Wrestling USA promotion, never unmasked, uh, left the AWA as quickly as he came in, actually, and, uh, and of course, as Chris said, went on to great things as uh, as demolition, part of demolition. Also, Russell is one of the Mongols, uh, back in the day. So, he went from Mongolia to a mask to who knows what else. But, uh, terrific guy, terrific guy, uh, Bill Eady.
1: Well, and there's from, Bill right there from Bill Eady to. Actually, what would be several years later? Let's talk about a tag team that I actually enjoyed the gimmick. Um, it came in very late in the AWA run. Uh, a couple of guys who were um, really enhancement talent up until that point, and you give them this gimmick, and I'm talking about the Texas Hangman. Mm-hmm.
0: Talk about guys that paid their dues, and Chris, I know that the Hangman scared the living shit out of you when you were a young fan. Uh, they- yeah, I mean they
2: they did they did their job like that gimmick for me as a kid, like it it scared me. And, and yeah, I mean I keep telling the story about my very first wrestling event as a kid was at the Southwest State University Gymnasium in Marshall. And they were on the show and I started to go over and, you know, Mike, Barrett, he kind of lunged at me like that with the news. And I, I backed off like, you know, little chicken shit kid, but it was, I mean, it, it was a believable gimmick for me at that time.
0: So I, they I, did a hell of a job. I totally get it. And I'm going to digress for a minute because I, I identify with what you said about being scared as a kid. I remember I'm 13 years old at mad dog to came down the aisle at the Minneapolis auditorium and he lunged in my direction. And I'm telling you, I still have nightmares today. It's a good thing. I was wearing black pants uh, at the time because the dog scared the living shit (laughs) out of me. So I totally get it. Uh, You mentioned Mike Moran, our good buddy, and we've had Mike on the podcast before a great, such a good dude.
2: I I cannot, I cannot put him over enough. He is, One of the most genuine, likable people that I've ever met in any walk of life.
0: I agree with you completely. And man, is he a fan of the podcast and he has been so supportive of what we do. Joe, you mentioned that he and his tag team partner, uh, it was Killer and Psycho, the Texas Hangman, who uh, Mike Moran, of course, wrestled in the AWA as Mike Richards uh, back in the day at those old showboat tapings, and his tag team partner, Rick Dantner, uh, who wrestled as Bull Payne when he left the AWA. Two tough guys, two off-the-wall guys. But in the waning days of the AWA, we've talked about this many times, guys. They were an absolute shining light uh, in the drama and the chaos that was the AWA back at the time. And look at them. What a great, great picture that is. Uh, of the unmasked Texas Haymen, uh, Mike uh, Richards and Rick Gant.
1: Wow. Great to see. You. And, and I, like I said, leading into this, I really love the gimmick. I really did. And to see two guys who had paid their dues in the business, I was glad to see them both get a chance. Now, Mick, I know we are running out of time. However, I would be remiss, and I think you are the only one that can answer this. But there, (sighs) around ringside lurked this unexplained masked man for quite some time, but he never got a match in the AWA. I am hoping, I am hoping that you can shed some light on who this who this person might have been. I'm talking about.
0: This would be the uh, the super slayer. And uh, I'll tell you about this guy. First of all, to my knowledge, he was never on mass, which as I understand was a real good thing uh, <laughs> for the, the population in general. Uh, as far as him lurking around ringside, I believe he did in the, uh, in the 1980s, mid-1980s, uh, ostensibly with a camera in his hand. Uh, the reason that he was never offered even a tryout with the AWA is because he sucked. And uh, there would be no opportunity uh, for this guy to advance at all, not even curtain jerker stage. Um, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, I have heard that he was such a chicken shit uh, to get in the ring and take actual bumps that he decided to become a broadcaster in the business. Uh, you know, and that's where all the, I guess it's where all the chicken shits who can't mm-hmm. take bumps go. Um, but yeah, the, the legend of the super slayer and where that, where that scumbag is right now, I, I couldn't tell you.
2: It's like a guy who wanted to put out a condom. That was three sizes
0: too big for him. I know. And if you look at the top of that, it does look like a condom, doesn't it? what <laughs> Top of the guy's head. I mean, this guy's, a, his head is a walking light bulb. I so mean, it's. But this uh,
1: guy's name was not Richard. So, they, he, so you've got a Richard fitting into, yeah, bad bad joke, but still fits, sort yeah, of. Yeah, I don't know
0: what happened to the guy. Of. And good riddance. Um, oh, boy. Man. Yeah. And, 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 again, this is a case of another, another masked guy that they let lurk around without arresting him. And uh, had they arrested him and, and put him in the in the clink way back then, maybe, you know, we'd all be saved some misery. Uh, fast forward. He
2: looks like the sort of guy that you want to keep 500 feet away from a school zone, too.
0: Look, Oh, at least.
1: Looks like a guy who costs people millions of dollars.
0: <laughs> looks like a guy that his ex-wife wanted kept 500 feet away from her. <laughs> well. So, so.
2: uh, well, I, I bet he'd be in a great program with the Rockers, right? Oh. Couldn't cut a pro. Sorry.
0: Yeah. But anyway, that's, uh, and, and by the way, uh, thanks yeah. for that transition, Joe, wherever the super slayer is, you know, hopefully he's incarcerated, but uh, Mike Moran, Mike Richards wanted me to make a point about the Texas hangman uh, that the, when they left the AWA, they were tag team champions in Puerto Rico. They also went down to the USWA and ran roughshod in that territory so our good buddy, Mike Moran said, get the story straight. We weren't just in the AWA for that cup of coffee. We were a big deal. And again, in the AWA's waning days, mm-hmm. they were really important.
1: I agree with that. I agree. Chris, are we yes. t- take us home.
2: All right. Well, uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, number 101. We're going to recap uh, kind of what we put over at the beginning of the show number one uh, if you're watching this on youtube we have even more awa unleashed sign up for our youtube memberships and i'm going to put them on the screen and i believe you know what i don't even know where i put the i don't even know where i put the the, the gimmick here um you know what just go to uh, go to our YouTube page. If you're here, obviously, $2.99 for the body slam, $4.99 for the pinfall. You get exclusive watch alongs. You get the podcast a day early. Uh, you'll also get to access to uh, monthly live chats where you can find out what stories we had to cut from the Marty Janetti episode. Mm-hmm. Just click the join button, and it'll take you it'll take you all there. So great stuff there. Also, as well. Uh, If you want to be a part of the AWA Unleashed Army, we've got a brand new line of merchandise, tpublic.com slash users slash Unleashed Plus shirts, mugs, phone cases, whatever you want. We've got several different uh, types of them. We've got a preeminent shirt. We've got I'm a slick Mick guy. We've got uh, just we've got a quad box. It's got an awesome illustration by our friend Matt Kessling. Just so many cool things that you want, and I know people have been asking for it, and finally, we got it set up. If you guys have any problems or issues, concerns, let me know. So uh, I, I think we've got there. Um, one thing I haven't done the past couple of weeks, guys is I have not been able to thank Seventh Avenue Pizza uh, for all of their support as well. You guys know me, I love frozen pizza, seventh avenue pizza dot com if you uh, if you want some great frozen pizza for the family. All right, guys, let's uh, bring it home with some shout-outs and then we'll uh, and then we'll go back to the we'll go back to the locker room with our, our masks on and all of that stuff. So uh Mick, why don't you go
0: first? My good buddy Rob Tappy out in Arlington, Washington, Washington State. Great old school AWA fan. Had the chance to message back and forth on Facebook with Rob the other day very dedicated loyal follower of the Unleashed podcast. Hello to Rob Tappy.
1: And my shout out goes to the very first subscriber to AWA Unleashed. David Solinski, I believe you've gotten a shout out before, but yeah, this is a big one. You're you're the first one. You popped our chair. You were the first one, David, so. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah he was the very first one to uh, become a YouTube member. so thank you, David very much. and if you want to be like David, become a member two ninety nine four ninety the four ninety nine you guys you won't regret it. I promise you, promise you that. Uh, I'm gonna shout out Matthew Kessling, you guys. he does some fantastic artwork. Uh, his his illustrations are actually featured on the uh, AWA Unleash the Quad box. Uh, the t-shirt, the design, if you want it, uh, just know that uh, Matthew Kessling is the guy who's behind that. And uh, he's also creating a couple more things for us, which by the way, if you become a member, you're going to get, uh, you're going to see exactly what it is that that he is going to be uh, creating for the members of our YouTube channel. So there it is guys next week, we're going to get into a subject, Nick, that is, uh, it's a little uh, near and dear to your heart, shall we say. And I, I, I think this could be a fun one because it goes back to maybe one of the greatest of all time and your friend, Nick Bachwinkle.
0: Wanted to take a look at some of the feuds that Nick had in the AWA, and there were many. I mean, the man was here for about 17 years uh, from start to finish. Some of his, his feuds were legendary, both as a heel, of course, and as a babyface. We get a lot of mail, a lot of uh, messages. Talk more about Nick, so we're gonna do that next week.
2: All right, uh, yeah, wait a, what? Minute. Wait a oh, minute. minute. Oh, Joe's
1: got something, you know, something just struck me. How come we've what? never seen Mick Karch and the Super Slayer together?
0: Um, I've never seen you and your wife together, but I don't bring that up on the air. I, uh
1: what other people have my it's not that you haven't seen my wife she doesn't want to see you